Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we're chatting with my good buddy and returning guest. I think this is number three. His name is Travis Peters, and he's got an awesome story, but um, he is always just talking about how to incorporate biblical principles into your business and into your life. And today we are talking about how your purpose is the path to success. He coaches a lot of people, um, and especially in the area of finances and building your business. And today we talked a lot about like how not to worry about money, how to trust God with it. I know being a husband, being a father, there's always that pressure of like making sure that there's food on the table, making sure that everything just gets taken care of. And that can weigh on guys, especially. And so I know that is the biggest reason why marriages fall apart is money. And God did not wire us to have to worry about that. There is a better way. And it's not the what most people do. But Travis and I have that discussion about how just to let God handle it, how to not be worried about finances, how to trust him with your business. And yes, he cares about every single area of your life. So if this resonates with any of you, I know this is really going to be a blessing to you. Uh, check out his Increase Warrior program. He helps people uh, level up in their life and in their business, increasewarrior.com. Uh, he does a great job over there and is uh, that's just coaching people, coaching couples. So I encourage you to check that out. Here's my interview with Travis. All right, Travis, welcome back, man. Thanks for having me. This number three or four, I can't remember, but always three good to have you on. Many. Three of three many. Of many. Okay. Let's All keep right. going. Absolutely. Well, I always come back to you because I you always have really good content to share. And so just always, I never have to, most of the time I'm, when I'm on with a guest, it's like, I know where we're going with you. It's like, I could just get you on a Zoom call and we just start talking and it'll be good. So this is what we're doing. <laughs> Take that as a compliment. Absolutely is. Yeah. So while we, before we hit record, you meant, you said something that's very powerful. Your purpose is the path to success. Yes. Yes. So here's what I encounter over and over and over and speaking and traveling a little bit. And yeah. it's kind of, I mean, it's an everywhere you go thing. And the more conversations I have, it keeps bringing me back to this same topic with people. Mm -hmm. And I find that, you know, for those who are listening, who are in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties and above, I mean, it applies to anybody, but I would say those who are getting in their thirties and forties and fifties around those, that, that range is the tendency is we keep thinking about how do I make more money? How do I make more sales? Mm -hmm. We ask that question and we get answers, but here's what I want you to reconsider. Is that the best question? When you ask that question, you get an answer and it'll put you on a path mm -hmm. to start taking steps towards that thing, a path. Is that the best path? Is that the right path? Are we, are you going down another path? At some point you're going to hit a dead end and say, I got to pick another path. Mm -hmm. Or could you get on that path now? And that's what actually brings you to the success you're looking for. It's a, it's a paradigm shift. It's a focus mm -hmm. shift. And I found for me, 
and many, 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 many others that I've coached with, consulted with, or just had conversations with, that this seems to be the direction, the thing that people need to be focusing on now is shifting from how do I make more money to what's my purpose. Mm. And the people who shift to what's my purpose, they end up making all the money. Yeah. It does a lot of things to you on the inside. So that's that's what yeah. I'm, I'm down to talk about that. Yeah, let's I'm, unpack that. What's that look like? Well, you guys, if, if y'all don't know me, uh, I use a lot of scripture in my life. So let's just start there. Uh, let's go to Ephesians 2.10. And I'm going to look it up in the Amplified Classic, my favorite translation. Me too. All right, so listen to this. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. And then it tells you why. Here's why you were recreated in Christ. So that you will do the good works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us, that we would take paths which he prepared ahead of time. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. That we should walk in them. Now listen to this. Here's the best part. We should walk on these paths. He prearranged, made them ahead of time for you. That we should walk in them living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Yes. The good life. This is, this is the life you really want. Yeah. The money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Like, I'm all about it. But when you get on this path, and he says there's good works for you to do, there's there's, there's assignments and missions, mm -hmm. is how I look at it. When you're doing those assignments, doing those missions, on that path, living the good life he made just for you. Yeah. He made it for you. When you do yeah. that, that's that good life, baby. That's yeah. when it's fun. That's, that's when right. You, you want fulfillment. The, the feeling everyone's chasing, can I just hit you with the punchline? feeling we're all chasing is actually fulfillment. We think the money will get us that. We think things like, let me make enough money that I don't have to worry about it. Then I can quit. Then I can escape. Then I can stop. Then I can be present with my family. Mm -hmm. Then I can focus on my family. Or then I can focus on what God told me to do 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. But Ryan, have you ever seen it play out that way? No, no. Um, that mm. line of thinking does not serve us. We yeah. need to be real with ourselves and say, I have said that before. In fact, you've probably said it three, four, five, six times. Mm -hmm. Let me do this. Let me let me make all this money. Let me get rich and successful. Then I'll go be super generous. Then I'll go work on the thing. I just don't have time right now. Let me do this stuff, give some time. Then I'll go write the book. Then I'll go make the course. Then I'll go start the ministry. Then I'll start the real business I want to start. Yes. Ah, and that time never comes. Like Travis, no. have you ever been to, this is not the best example in the world, but have you ever been to a Golden Corral buffet before? Uh, of course. Okay. So <laughs> let's say, do you think the, um, do you think us with money is like, um, you know, being focused like, hey, Trav, you got to go with me to the Golden Corral. They have the best peas in the whole world. 
like and and I'm so focused on how amazing I think the peas or the green beans taste that I'm missing the the ice cream and the fried chicken and the steak. I kind of feel like God with money is like, of course you can have the money. Of course I can I want to bless you. Of course I want to provide for you. But that's just like one small little thing of yeah. everything I've died for you to have. And yeah. it's like we get so focused on the green beans. Yeah, the green beans are good. But like, I mean, the fried chicken there's, I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty tasty too. And yeah. it's been a long time since I've been to Golden, Golden Crop, but just remember, it's like, you know, you have everything there available to you. And for you to just to focus on one little thing, I feel like is like our relationship with God and with money. It's like, God, I'm just need, I got to have this money, but then you just get, he's like, of course, that's not even a thing. I don't even worry about that. That's like so little compared to everything I want you to have. Yeah. Well, there's so many scriptures that relate to what you just said. I mean, I'm thinking about Matthew 6, 31, when Jesus is talking. Mm -hmm. And before he talks about, hey, hey, look, God takes care of birds. Right. Aren't you more valuable to him than birds? And they don't even reap. They don't do anything. Like, he's going to take care of a bird. Uh, If he's going to take care of a bird, he's going to take care of you. Then he talks about the lilies, and he's like, man, Mm -hmm. he makes them look amazing. He takes care of them. They don't worry about what they're going to wear. Right. So if you, you study that out, basically what he's saying is, is everyone's worried about their necessities. Yeah. Am I going to pay the bills? Am I going to sure. do this? Money, money, money. I'm in debt, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And he's looking and hey, hey, he goes in the Amplified, it says those thoughts, those dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Mm. God knows what you need. Just yeah. seek him first. Mm-hmm. He'll add everything to you. Yep. It's similar to what you said. And I, th- I think it's in, um, don't quote me on this one, Luke 16, I believe. And um, one of them where it talks about if God can trust you with money, he can trust you with the stuff that really matters. Yeah. He makes money the least of the things. Yes. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. It, and yeah. I, I get this is the Streams of Income podcast. Like we're talking about making money here. And I, yeah. again, I'm all for you. I am not anti-money in any degree. God never says to be anti-money. He says, don't put your trust in money. Yeah. But he never says money's bad. Mm -hmm. He teaches us that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils is the Mm -hmm. exact quotation. And what it goes on to say is that some in the pursuit of it have strayed from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That's the full scripture. Most people don't even know the whole context. Right. They haven't read after it. And they actually don't even know the scripture. They think money is the root of all evil. Doesn't say that. The love of money. Well, what does that mean and look like? That means to prefer it and put it ahead of other things. So, yes, if you put money ahead of other things and put it first in your life, Mm-hmm. You might stray from the faith and you're probably going to pierce yourself through with many sorrows. Mm-hmm. Some translations say they live to regret it. Yeah. Well, but yeah, because they put yeah. the wrong thing first. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's the scripture right after that. I was just reading it. Listen to this. All right. Got all the translations here, right? Uh, this is it in the in the message translation. So this is just a few scriptures down from the love of money is the root of all evil scripture. You guys have to hear this, right? So he says this. Tell those who are rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves 
and listen and stop being obsessed with money. Mm. Don't be obsessed with it. Which money is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God. In other words, pursue God. Now listen to what it says here. Go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage. Right. Pursue God. He piles on the riches. Yes. It's the formula. Yes. Go back a few scriptures and it says, pursue the money and pierce yourself through with many sorrows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this is pretty powerful. Then, then there's a part B to the verse. It says, basically it's saying after he's piled on those riches, do good, be rich in helping others, be extravagantly generous. Yeah. If you do that, you'll build a treasury that will last mm. gaining a life that is truly life. Yeah. Basically this is what you really want. You want this life. Yeah. Going after God, let him pile on all the riches you could ever manage to do good, be extravagantly generous, do those things and you'll live a true life. You'll really mm. get life. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's all simple, right? It is. It's almost like, it's just like, imagine your girls, um, you know, just be like them. Like they're not coming to you and Rachel being unconcerned. Hey, uh, where's our, where's our food? Are we going to get, are we going to have enough money for, for food next week? Um, are you going to have enough money for our school supplies? Um, they, they just don't think about that. They're not even worried about that. It's not even a, it's not an issue in their minds that you, you guys are going to. Yeah. You know, take care of everything for them. They don't have to, they just need to be kids and have fun. Oh man. And it would probably hurt. It'd probably break your heart if they were in their rooms crying at night, thinking about, you know, you know, mom and dad aren't going to have enough money for us to eat tomorrow. And they, you know, when you have all this available or they go to the refrigerator and, you know, pull out something small and think, well, there's, if they had the, a scarcity mindset, when you have everything available to them, mm -hmm. it just, yeah. And we do that with God so much. And we do it at different levels too. Yeah. You know, you could be, at a tough spot where literally your bank account doesn't have a lot of money in it. But I've also seen it to where people who do, who do have a lot of money comparatively mm -hmm. and still have that same panic type right. of deal. I mean, we all do that thing, right? Where you've got that threshold in your mind. Like as long as my bank account's above this number, yes, good. But yeah. I've seen that number be a hundred thousand dollars, $500,000. I've heard of people where it's a couple million dollars, Right. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, I, I heard this one guy tell this dramatic story about how, you know, he thought this money was going to come in from one of his affiliates. And he like he was mm -hmm. out. He's supposed to get like 30 grand. It ended up not coming through. The guy like stole the money. Uh, he kept waiting, waiting, waiting. When he finally realized it wasn't going to happen, he's bawling. He's crying like he's sobbing. He's like, what am I going to do? Like in a dark, dark place. But then I heard the story later. And he was, he was teaching it in a different context. Uh -huh. And he said, Hey, remember that story I told, you know, where I was crying and we didn't get the 30 K he was like, I actually had $300,000 in a Roth IRA. <laughs> but to me, he was like, he was like, his point was, um, in his mind, I so had, you know, I locked that away. It's untouchable right. that I was still crying, but I actually had 300 K yeah. and I'm like, okay, like what? What are we doing here? Yeah. That guy was not a believer, but mm -hmm. um, 
So what we're trying to get to you guys is the money is great. It likes to chase the person, I think, who's pursuing their purpose. Mm -hmm. Go back to that first scripture on Ephesians 2.10, where you're walking those paths and doing the good works that God's planned for you to do. The good life. Remember that? That's you pursuing God. Yeah. God, what am I supposed to do right now? What's my next step here? And I'm telling you, I know the pattern. Any single person who asks God that question will get an answer like that. But then I'll say, what did he tell you? And you'll say, I don't know. And then I'll ask him, I'll say, what do you mean you don't know? And then you'll say, well, he actually told me I should be preaching and writing messages for him. But I don't know how that's going to make me money. And I need to make 10 grand a month to support mm-hmm. my house. Like, I'm not sure what he's saying to do. Yes, you are. Your logic gets in the way. So everybody sure. I'm telling you, like, I've had this conversation too many times. <laughs> it's, it's not like, oh, sometimes this is how it happens. It's how it happens every time. Every single one you listen to this is like, oh, man, I've done that. Oh, man, I'm doing it right now. I was at an event. In Ohio, and it's this cool little intimate event, like 40 people. Uh, I probably had conversations with 18 to 22 of them, one-on-one individually. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding, 15 of them had this story, maybe more, maybe 100% of them. It was just over and over, because this is what I talked about in my session. And so they all came up to me and basically like, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I keep pursuing money, didn't realize that's what I was doing. I want to pursue my purpose. Yeah. Because... You know, I, I talked to people who were in their 40s, 50s, and 60s at this event. Again, all of them saying the same thing. And here's what happens, guys. When you know what you should be doing and don't, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Uh, there's a scripture uh, at the end of Romans 14 that essentially says, if you know what to do but aren't doing it, to you, that is a sin. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's saying, like, if you've got convictions – I know I should be writing. I know I should be teaching, creating curriculum, mm-hmm. preaching, podcasting, YouTubing, writing books, whatever it is for you. I know I should be doing it, yeah, but I'm not. Oh man, that person, that person struggles on the inside. It could look great on the outside, yeah. all the stuff, right? But on the inside, every day, it's like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. What, what, what did you tell those people that had that story? Oh man, I diced them up a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, we've we've got a saying we've been we've been talking about over in, at Increase Warrior. We've been uh-huh. saying it for a long time. Is hey, we're not in our twenties anymore. It's time we got focused. Mm, yeah, and said that a couple times in the presentation, and that was one of the lines people would bring back to me as we would talk one on one. Yeah, like that resonated with me. So here's what I would tell them: anybody watching this, get alone with God and ask Him. What's your vision for my life? Yes. And do not be afraid to obey that vision. Do not be afraid to take steps. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to quit your businesses, quit your jobs today, and only do that thing. Right. But let's say he's he you know you should be preaching or teaching a certain thing. Let's say you know that you've got a message in you to help married couples. Let's say you've got a strategy. Maybe you've been a foster parent and you've got, a, you've got a, a great system down where you see other people mess it up. You know how to do it from a godly perspective. Yeah. 
is for you. Maybe, maybe it is a business thing. Sure. Maybe there's a business you've always really wanted. You're doing this one because you think it's going to make you the money to fund the one you really want, but you might as well, you should have been working on that one the whole time. Because if you would put a focused effort into it, it'd be making you all the money by now. Mm. You know that business? You know that one I'm talking about? Yeah, that one. <laughs> Start taking steps. Yeah. We talk about stacking bricks. If every day you stacked one brick, big or small, mm-hmm. but meaning one step towards the thing, mm-hmm. pretty soon you're going to look back and you'll have built something great. Yeah. Man, go buy the domain. What's the domain name of the business or, or whatever that you haven't started yet? Go buy the domain today. Yeah. And then, and then tell your spouse, hey, I bought the domain. Yeah. Like start getting some momentum in your family going too. Yeah. And it's like, and tomorrow I'm going to start writing the book. It's, it's a, it's a, there's going to be 10 steps to the book. I'm going to outline the 10 steps on a Google doc and then yep. I'm going to send it to you. That's good. And then I'm going to come up with a title mm-hmm. and I'm going to send that to you too. Like just taking these steps. Hey, I got this idea for a ministry. Cool. How much is it going to cost? I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah. Employees. Yeah. Okay, cool. How many do you need? Man, just make a step, stack a brick. Absolutely. Do something. <laughs> and yeah. We're not in our twenties anymore. It's time mm-hmm. we Mm. A lot of us are just too slow. We're just sitting on our hands. And I'm not saying you got to be a, a workaholic on anything, but I am saying like, sure. man, you might be, you might be 58 listening to this and still be saying, I don't know what God wants me to do. Yeah. And I'm telling you, he's not hiding it from you. Mm. You're 58. He told you a long time ago, but your brain got in the way. It's yes. really the enemy. It's really the enemy to be honest with you. Yeah. But you let it happen because logically you can't get there. I, I can't figure it out. I've got a mortgage. I got a spouse. I got three kids. One's in college. Two are in private school. I got to make 15 grand a month. I, I, how would I ever make money doing this? Right. Stop. I didn't say, we were even talking about that. Right. You brought that, but it's bugging you. Yeah. I know it's bugging you because I've had the conversation so many times. It'll be bugging everybody. Yep. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, check this out. In Matthew 6, 24. You know what it is already, Ryan? Well, I know that whole passage of Scripture. I don't know the exact one, but we're talking about, that's where Jesus is talking about the not worry about your life. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, right before that, uh, Matthew 6, 24 is the uh-huh. one where he says, Nobody can serve two masters. Mm, yeah. All right. So listen to this though. This is this is what's crazy is I don't really think anybody thinks they're serving money. I know I didn't. This is one of the scriptures that turned a lot of this around for me because I would read it and I'd always be like, oh, I'm good. I don't serve money. Like kind of skim through it. Like I'm good. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Listen, no one can serve two masters. You'll either hate the one and love the other, stand by one, be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. All that means, another translation says, you'll value one over the other one. Mm-hmm. You cannot serve God and mammon. And then it tells you what mammon is here in the Amplified. It says it's deceitful riches, money, possess- possessions, or whatever is trusted in. Yeah. You can't serve those things. And that word serve literally means to take orders from. You cannot take orders from two masters. You'll value one of them over the other. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I'm I'm good, Trav. I go to church. Not what I said. When I was reading this the first time and I was skimming it, God arrested me. That means he stopped me. And he said, oh, you don't serve two masters. You don't serve money. How come last night at church, when the offering bucket went by, you asked your bank account how much to put in instead of asking me? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. punch me in the gut. Because what do we do when it's offering time? You look at your bank account, you see how much you got in there. How much could I put in? What's the most I could put in without really feeling it? That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yo, that's taking orders from money. Mm. That's literally serving money. We do it at the gas station. You go up to the gas pump. Which gas do you put in? Far left, because it's the cheapest. <laughs> I don't serve money. I don't know, Trav, that's different. Is it? Money gave you an order, and you said, okay. Mm. You go to the restaurant. Man, I'm craving that steak. You start looking at the prices. Steak is 48 bucks. Mm-hmm. Chicken's 24 bucks. All of a sudden, you go with the chicken. <laughs> you do yeah. it all the time. Mm. Just taking orders from money. Boom, boom. And it's those little ones mm-hmm. that add up to the big ones. Right. Next thing you know, you're picking a school for your kid based off the price. Is that what you want to do? Mm-hmm. Start buying clothes the same way. Is that what you want to do? Start buying things for your family the same way. Is that what you want to do? Mm-hmm. Take an order from money, left, right, left, and right. There was, um, I mean, back to back to the example. Uh, there's been friends of mine that I know that have had ministry opportunities to come into the full-time ministry. I know these people. They have ministry on their hearts. It's what they want to do. They, they, they dream about it. When these opportunities came to them, I remember they were telling me about it, and they were lighting up. You could see the way they talked about it. Up a little bit. Smile a little brighter. Talking yeah. about it, right? Yeah. Talk to them about their job. They're just like, oh, yeah, it's going pretty good, you know, making sales also. You start talking about ministry and they're like, fired up. Mm-hmm. This one particular incident, they were offered this very honorable position. Well, they were telling us about it, that they were praying about it. But man, it just, like I said, they just lit up everything I talked about. It. And they start doing the math. Start doing the, the numbers. Mm-hmm. You get over to the reasoning realm, the logical realm, mm-hmm. the quote unquote makes sense, use wisdom realm. <laughs> and next thing you know, they come back and are like, hey, we just, man, thank you so much for the offer. We just really can't do it. Um, I mean, honestly, we just, we just got, we got to, we got to make a little bit more money than that. And again, could make sense because they've got, Two cars with with uh, payments on it. They got a yeah. mortgage. They got a kid in private school, and you know credit cards and the student loans and the they got all the debts. They got all the things that most most people have, right? But all of a sudden, they can't take orders from God. They take orders from money. Mm. They had to go to their money and ask permission to do ministry. Mm. Don't tell me we're not serving money. We're serving it more than we realize. Paul says you can't. You'll end up valuing one more than the other. Remember, there's this guy I hadn't seen in years. Childhood friends. Um, probably, probably about four or five years since I saw him. He came to church. He was down and out. Dude was like depressed, like sat in the back, like about to cry. 
I saw him. I was like, whoa, what's up, man? I've seen him forever. Goes into the sob story. Basically, he's been without a job for a long time. Mm-hmm. Marriage is in a rough spot. All the things. So I said, oh, hey, not a big deal. I'm the guy to pray for a job. When I pray for jobs, you get one. So you better tell me exactly what you want because it's going to happen. <laughs> really? Never heard anyone talk like that. So tell me what he wants. We pray. This was on a Wednesday. He comes back on Sunday and was like, Trev, I got a job. And I'm like, of course, we pray for it. Let's go. What's up, baby? You know, like, you know, awesome. Giving all hugs and all stuff. And I was like, dude, God is so good. And we're just bragging on God for a while. And then I said, man, bro, that's awesome. Hey, I got to go, but I will see you Wednesday night back here at the same spot. And he goes, oh, oh, well, actually, I won't be able to come to church anymore because the job is actually during Wednesday night services. And I also work Sundays now. And, mm. and he laughs and goes, and besides that, we know that going to church won't pay the bills. <laughs> and I'm like, what an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but we all, I mean, that's a super obvious example of serving money. Yeah. They literally went to church down and out. Mm-hmm. We asked God for a job. He got one, mm-hmm. accepted it, but now he can't go to church anymore. Wow. Let's, I mean, can, you, can there be a more obvious example of the devil winning? Yeah. Devil's thrilled. That guy didn't go to church anymore. Man, right. he went to church one time and got a job. Imagine right. if that guy would have stayed plugged in. Yeah. Imagine how far that guy would have gone if he would have just stayed at church. Right. That was not like, I'll get him a job. Let's get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we got to check ourselves. Yeah. Doing stuff like this, maybe on different levels. Maybe it's not so obvious. Mm. You're bouncing from business idea to business idea to business idea to business idea, trying and trying, trying, yeah. trying, trying. All the time, you know what you're supposed to be working on. And again, I'm just saying, let's start stack, stacking bricks. That's right. Let's take a step. Mm. What's your next step? Yeah. You said something right before the interview. You said um, somebody told you one time that it feels irresponsible not to worry about money. So as a business owner, as a husband, and as a father, both of us are in that position. Yeah, let's um, go. It's very... Um, it's typically our job to provide, make sure that there's food on the table. And there's yeah. always that, it seems like guys I talk to, it's always the money issue. Always. Um, what would you say to other dads and husbands that are feeling that pressure and feeling that weight? How do we, how do we not worry about money anymore? Dude, I got you. So, so listen to this. Um, I don't know if we were recording when we talked about that. Me and me and Ryan just chat like crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I think we said that before the recording, but we I was did, yeah. working with a guy and he's starting to learn these kingdom principles as we call them. It's basically the Bible says for the most part, it's pretty opposite of what the world would teach you. Mm-hmm. So for instance, Proverbs eleven twenty four says the generous person will be made wealthy. Seems like a simple statement, but if you believe that to be true, that means you got to think different than the world thinks because the world tells me, Hey, once you become wealthy, then be generous. Yeah. Then you have all the extra money. It'd be easy, right? Yep. And then we'll say that to ourselves. We'll say, yeah, yeah, I'll be generous. I'll start tithing to my church when I get this raise, promotion, pay off some debt, yada, yada, which again, that has never worked out for you, has it? Hmm. 
it's opposite. So they, we call these kingdom principles. So in yeah. the kingdom, the generous person now with what he has or she has now, that person will be made wealthy. Mm -hmm. So I'm teaching this to this guy. And I'm showing him there's scriptures like that over and over, Old Testament and New. And it's just these promises, these principles of God that if you do this, here's the result you'll get. And he's over here. This guy's a Christian. He loves God, has his whole life, been in church his whole life. And he's like, I've never, this stuff has never registered to me. Mm. But what I'm doing isn't working. I'm running out of money. I'm tired. My body's in physical pain. Mm. I've got a family. I got a wife, three kids, maybe four. And he's just like in this tough spot. And I'm, I'm showing him these scriptures. And he goes, it honestly feels irresponsible not to worry about money. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm not being a good provider unless I'm worried and concerned about money. And Travis, you're telling me to cast your cares to the Lord. You're saying, give it over to him. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm saying. I am not saying don't do anything. Right. I'm not saying sit on your couch and just hope God does something. That's not what I'm saying at all. But as we're putting our hand to something, Deuteronomy 28 talks about this several times. He guarantees a blessing on everything that we put our hand to. One translation says everything that we undertake. Mm -hmm. But the deal is you have to obey the voice of the Lord. So back to that thing that you know in the back of your mind you should be working on. Mm -hmm. The promise is if you work on that thing, you put your hand to that thing, it's going to prosper. Yeah. Deuteronomy 28.8 is cool because it says, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on all that you do. And he will fill your storehouses with grain. Mm. So to me, that's saying, hey, he's going to bless the work of your hand mm -hmm. and take care of the money stuff. He'll yeah. fill your storehouses with grain. It's like, do this. It'll prosper. And he will fill your storehouses with grain. All in the same sentence. Mm. It's like, oh, it kind of eliminates the excuse of me saying, well, if I work on that thing, it's not going to make me any money. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with the guy. And, I mean, he literally said we had this exact same talk. Uh, and this one was probably 15 years ago. And uh, I said, okay, go home and seek the Lord first thing in the morning and say, God, what should I work on right now? He's in the same spot as this other guy, basically. He comes back to me the next day. He's excited. And he goes, hey, I know what it was. God told me to work on this. And then he goes, but obviously that's not going to pay the bills. So I got to figure out something with the money first, and then I'm going to come back to this. But he said this for sure. Mm. And I'm just like, what are we doing, people? Yeah. It's this. Just getting in our way. Yep. Again, it's actually the enemy, but we just let it default. Our default way of thinking is like, I got to worry about money. Money has to be first place in my mind. I have to be concerned about this. If I don't, what will happen? God's not going to magically make money appear in my life. And that's true. He's not. But he's going to give you ideas. He's yes. going to give you opportunities. But we're not executing them because we don't think they're going to work. It's literally not having faith. It's yep. literally not trusting God. Mm -hmm. That's the opposite of what we should be doing. Yep. If you can come up with it in your, in your own reasoning and logic, it's like, just put everything back in your own strength. It mm -hmm. takes you out of what we talk about out of the spiritual realm puts it in the natural realm yeah probably that is that's where everyone's like uh we'll put it like this uh proverbs 10 says the blessing of the lord 
makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Mm-hmm. Well, if we try to do it without the blessing in our own strength, that's where sorrow is added to it. Yeah. That word sorrow there is translated toil. Yep. Toil means exhaustive labor mixed with pain, grief, and sorrow. Mm. I've been there. It's yeah. not a fun way to live. <laughs> pain, grief, and sorrow. Man, you, 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 you're trying to get rich, trying to make all this money, trying to, maybe not even trying to get rich. Maybe you're just saying, I'm just trying to pay the bills. I'm working yeah. three jobs, trying mm. to pay the bills for me and my family. Yeah. I commend your effort. But let's take it from the natural and move it to the supernatural. Let's take it from the world's way and put it in the kingdom's way. If you stay yeah. in the world's way, it's going to be pain. This yes. is where marriages struggle, stress, overwhelm. Maybe you've worked your whole life when your kids grew up without you. That's sorrow. Yes. That's not God's way. Man, remember God's way? Remember that path we talked about in Ephesians 2.10, the good life? That doesn't sound like the good life. Oh, man. Uh, that, that scripture in 1 Timothy 6.17, the one that talked about pursue God, chase him. He'll pile on all the riches you could ever manage. Yep. Then just be generous. Live that life in your That's right. true life. Mm. Man, it's a... That's what I'm trying to give everybody listening. So good. There's a scripture in, uh, Rome, in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. I'm looking at it right now. It's Paul saying, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not found to be for nothing. In fact, I worked harder than all of them, though it was not really I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Mm. So he's just saying that, um, yeah, I mean, there is work involved. It's not like let's cast all our cares on God and go sit on the couch and watch, you know, Jerry Springer and pray that the phone's going to ring for a job or that, you know, somebody's going to knock on my, on our door and hand us money. It's God's going to give us ideas and it's working. It's co- like cooperating with his grace. It's like, yeah, God, I'm willing to work, but I don't want to do it in my own effort. I want you, I need your help. I need your ideas. I need your plans. I want those good plans that you created in advance for me. And so help me walk in that. Yes, I'm going to take effort. Yes, it takes me doing something, but it's like fueled, empowered with grace. So it makes all the difference in the world. The And that's kind of that concept of Deuteronomy 28. It says, if you obey the voice of the Lord, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake, overtake you. you. Yes. But you have to obey. Yeah. The thing. Yeah. I was just listening to a story and this is, this is from like the recording was probably from the seventies, maybe even the sixties. And uh, the guy was talking about, he was, he was preaching and he said, Hey, there's, you got a word of knowledge from the Lord. It's like, there's somebody in the audience who was called to preach, but they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. You're rebelling against what you know to do and you're miserable because of it. And you know, the, the guy, you find out who it was and you know, uh, basically the guy was, is for all the reasons, like, I'm not going to do that. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to put my family through that life. Um, I've seen people with business and they're like, I don't want to grow my business because I saw what it did to my dad and he became a workaholic mm-hmm. or, you know, I mean, you think all these things are going to happen to you because it happened to somebody else. Yeah. These stories that we've heard and it, it doesn't have to be your story. Right. Putting yeah. your hand to something. I mean, that's, that's the Deuteronomy 28.8 is God will guarantee a blessing on again, it depends on the translation. One says on everything you do. Mm-hmm. One says everything you put your hand to will prosper. Yeah. And one says they'll command a blessing on all that you undertake. Those are all actions. That's right. Those are all That's actions. Right. 
undertaking, I'm going to undertake this project. I'm going to undertake this business venture. And look, there's nothing wrong with doing a business venture, an investment deal or anything like that. That makes you money. We're just saying, let's, let's not put it first. Yeah. The love of money means putting it first above other things. Let's not do that. Let's not prefer that over family. Let's not prefer that over church or over our calling. Let's not prefer money over what God said to do. So I'm coming at you and I'm just saying, look, I don't think anybody here is like directly rebelling against it and be like, God, I heard what you said and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> right. I don't think anyone's doing that. Right. But what you might be doing is not considering him, not mm-hmm. acknowledging him. You may not have even asked him. You may in the back of your head know what it is, but you never talked to him about it. Or maybe you used to and you stopped. Maybe somebody said, I got to be a grown up now and I, I can't, I can't dream like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I got to get a real job, make real money now. I'm an adult. Right. And that's all worldly thinking. Yes. Get you over to the kingdom. Let's get these right. principles, this book in you, so you can live the real life, the true life, the good life. Yes. Travis, I know you got to go. Tell me, tell people where they can find you. you. I know you have your Increase Warrior coaching program. You're changing yes. lives over there. Yes. If you go to increasewarrior.com, okay. depending when this airs, uh, currently we've got a seven day free trial. You can check it out. We've got nice. We got curriculum. We've got the steps to what we call the increase method, a four-part framework. Essentially, what we do is we show you how to find your thing and then mm-hmm. build your day around it. Mm-hmm. Now, the cool part is we want you to live life to the full in every area. So right. we've got our kind of five Fs, your faith, finances, fulfillment, family, and fitness. Mm-hmm. And we've got a program that shows you how to increase in those things every single day. I mean, it's nice. It's basically reverse engineering the dream life. It's awesome. Love it. I highly recommend it. I'm a little biased. Absolutely. Guys, go check it out. Thanks for being on with me, man. Appreciate it. All right. Love you, buddy. Hey. All right. Love you too. Let me know and we'll do it again. I'm always down. Good. Anytime. (laughs) All right. See you, Ryan. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.